0: Welcome to the Hook and Ladder Podcast, Sweet Sixteen Picks with Colin O'Donnell. I am Justin Santi, back from Indy, uh, refreshed, a bit depressed, um, but ready to go and ready to get get back in the win column. We did not have a great week last week. Both of us went five and six, not terrible, but not fantastic. Um, but it was a great weekend of college basketball. Lots of upsets. Um, More upsets than any of us really expected. Yeah. Uh, What were your takeaways from from rounds one and two of the NCAA tournament? Uh, The Pac-12 most slept on conference in the
1: entire nation, I guess, literally and figuratively, because everybody's going to sleep long before those (laughs) Pac-12 games start, and that's why they don't have a clue how good they are. I mean, there was definitely some rumblings about, like, Pac-12 being good, like, they they have coaches now, like um, Mick Cronin at UCLA, um, Dane Dan Altman at Oregon, Sean Andy Miller's Enfield's all... solid. Eh, but I mean, he's got he's got talent, so they're known, you know.
0: Sean Miller's always been a great coach at Arizona.
1: Yeah, I mean they're, they're, they they really they have really shown themselves as a very underseeded conference. Um, Big Ten showed itself as a little bit of an overseeded conference. Only one team left in the Sweet 16. Uh, That's kind of the a trend I think with teams that had, besides the ACC, a couple years ago. Back in the day when the Big East would have those insane like eight teams in the tournament, they typically wouldn't go that far. And I don't know if that was a factor of getting overrated because you got to play a bunch of teams so that like playing it's harder to beat the teams one through five once. Like if you have a, all cupcakes and then you got to play the number one team in the country, it's harder to go undefeated in that schedule than it is to play 25 ten different times. Mm-hmm. And but if you beat the 25 best team 20, ten different times, you're going to be ranked higher, and that's going to kind of they all inflate each other. So that could be it, or it could be the fact that they're just getting beat up after. Going through an incredibly tough conference slate.
0: Yeah, I think you hit it um, right on the nose. I think that's what it is. It's combination, right? It's you. You played a brutal conference slate. You had no nights off, and then now you're you get used to playing a certain style against a bunch of really good teams, and now you're forced to play somebody you haven't played before. And I think there's a, a these are college kids, and when you've beaten like if you're Illinois, for example, and you've gone through the last week beating Michigan and and. Iowa and Ohio State, it's natural to overlook Loyola Chicago. Yeah. For and, I mean, for
1: worse. and then also, those bad teams in the conference tend to get a little bit overrated because they're losing to all those teams. Like the quality losses, as people always hate on the SEC in football. Like yep. if Penn State is getting beat by Illinois and Michigan, you're like, oh, but look at their losses. They're all a really good teams. Yep. But they never won any of those games, so maybe they're just not that good.
0: Right. And it's not entirely unexpected to us. We did have. Two paper tigers coming out of the Big Ten yeah. in, in Iowa and Ohio State. And I talking, think yeah. Illinois was the big surprise. It was, but because Illinois had just been playing so well and but we, we and did. they just got completely dominated in that game. Never led. They did. Well, so what was really surprising is like Cameron Krutwig, who is six 270, just yeah, kind looks of looks
1: like, like a looks like a Polish sausage. Yeah,
0: he really he looks like he looks like he's gonna spend the next twenty years dominating it at, at local wise. Um, Going up against Kofi Coburn, who's one of the most intimidating big men yeah. in all of college basketball. He dominated. Him. Oh, he Kofi
1: Coburn was at the yeah. end of the game. He was he was like sucking wind going and I, down
0: the court and just getting absolutely worked on every possession. Stunning because like I've seen like the Big Ten has the best bigs in all of college basketball. Like top to like top to bottom, right? Like throughout the conference, every team has quality bigs. Whether it's Luca Garza on Iowa, EJ Liddell on Ohio State, Travion Young- mm-hmm. Williams on Purdue, like Hunter Dickinson I mean, on Michigan. My point b- being, he's played the best of the bigs. That's why it was so surprising what Crutwig was able to do to him. Well, you know? I
1: think what it was, what Crutwig was doing, but also just Porter Moser just completely yep. outcoached Brad Underwood, which is
0: surprising because we look at Brad well, Underwood. He's, he's a, a good, good coach, coach,
1: but but Porter Moser. I mean, he, he went to the Final Four with Loyola Chicago, and he may be going back. He certainly has a has that a great team chance. was every switch. They're on their guy. The cuts on offense. The wide open threes. That team is just built like that's the they play like an insanely good, well knit crew, and that's what you want. Like I think this year especially, it's kind of been like with uh, the opening of Ignite in the G League, Mm -hmm. where they're pulling Mm -hmm. some of the top five stars. Mm -hmm. Other five stars are looking abroad because they want to get paid. This is kind of the end of the one and done era, and you're starting to see like teams like duke not in the tournament, kentucky not in the co- tournament, uh, unc first round exit. Like a lot of these teams that relied on just the insane talent are losing out to teams that rely on building and culture. And I mean like illinois has culture but not not to the not to the extent that loyal to chicago does. Yeah, Florida, Chicago is just a well. Like they play, they've been together for a while. They play together. They're not thinking about the NBA. They're thinking about playing there, and going and working at a sales job or something.
0: Yeah, um, they're and they're a good team. That defends as a team, and they've got shot makers, and they have a superstar. Cameron Crutwig may not look like the like a superstar, but he is a he is a superstar. Yeah, like any like, don't, like just because he he's you know a little pudgy and undersized and, and appears to be slow and not nearly as athletic as most stars in this in this uh, field Crutwig um, has all the intangibles and, and the, the guys trust him and it's just they're a fun team to watch it's,
1: it's also interesting because he is not athletic Yeah. he's not a like he's not going to bully you to get to the paint like uh, like a Jalil Okafor right and he can't shoot and yet he's so good because he just runs the offense through him. Like, it, there's there's really no pro comparison. Like, Jokic would be the best one, but Jokic shoots. Yeah.
0: And he can't shoot. Yeah. Um, any other takeaways from the uh, weekend before we get into this week's picks? Yeah,
1: just one last thing about Krutwig. Uh, it's
0: pretty interesting.
1: Do you remember Maddie Manila at Richmond? Maybe. So he went to Loyola Chicago Prep. Okay, like he played bass. He was the starting center. Okay, for the high school. Okay, and he guarded Cameron Crutwig Kr- in high school. Okay, held him to six points. He said he was not very good in high school.
0: Well, he worked on his game.
1: Yeah, it's pretty interesting. That was pretty funny that he uh, he actually ended up guarding this guy, because we were ta- at, as he was destroying Illinois, he was ta- we were texting him about it. He's like, yeah, like. He just was not nearly this good. He just like had he was he was just a big he was just a big body back
0: then, and now I guess he's really refined his game. Um, we can start with Loyola Chicago, Oregon State. Uh, it's the first game I have on on, on my card. Um, nothing else from the weekend. Any? How's your bracket looking? Not as good as mine, I think. I mean,
1: I'm alive. If, if Gonzaga <laughs> wins it, I'm going to beat you. So yeah, and I, I trust Gonzaga to win more than I trust Baylor. Baylor's looked really good. They have, but Baylor's had a pretty weak draw. So is Gonzaga. I think Oklahoma's better than Wisconsin.
0: Wisconsin? I don't know about that. I think they're completely even. That Mm -hmm. would be a pick on a neutral site. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, I'd I'd probably take Oklahoma. And I'd probably
0: take Wisconsin. Yeah,
1: and (laughs) I would probably win, so... uh, I don't know about (laughs) that. Wisconsin, I mean, look at the Big Ten, man. Wisconsin's not a great team.
0: Uh... The region that is still but also they they Baylor has another easy draw. What against Villanova? Yeah. Okay, I mean, Gonzaga's playing Creighton. Like, it's not. Well, we'll get into it. We'll get into this week's games. Um, the last thing I want to mention is uh, the region that everybody looked at is probably the the best region top to bottom is the one that remains the most competitive right now. Like, is the most intriguing from a matchup perspective. Um. Florida State, Michigan, Alabama, and UCLA are the ones remaining. And it doesn't surprise me that UCLA is there because at the beginning of the season, we looked at UCLA as a team that could that yeah. had Sweet 16 potential. It was just a matter of all coming together. And they kind of started hot, and they went through a little bit of a spell, and now... What's his name? Back. He's just been playing on real. Which one? Juzang? Yeah, Juzang. He's making shots. Yeah. Changes their offense. Yeah. If he makes shots, it allows Jaime Hawkeyes to attack the lane, takes the pressure off of Tiger Campbell. Um... That game against Alabama is going to be really interesting. All right, we'll get into all of them. But we're going to start with Oregon State and Loyola Chicago. Oregon State, man, it, what the hell are they doing in the Sweet 16? I told you. <laughs> what are they doing in the Sweet 16? So here's something about Oregon State. I had them as the lowest-rated Power 5 team, like, coming into the season. I had them literally the lowest-rated Power 5 team. I was like, who the who was going to play? It's Ethan Thompson and then a bunch of, like, Oompa Loompas. Wayne Tinkle's done an incredible job. They're making everything they look at right now. They're defending at a high level. They change defenses. And, like, this run started in the Pac-12 tournament. It's not like they're they're hot in the NCAA. It's like they beat UCLA, Oregon, Colorado, Tennessee, and Oklahoma State. They've beaten five top 25 teams in a row. What they're doing is incredible. Can they keep it going? So... I'm actually pretty sick about this because I picked Oregon State to
1: beat uh, Tennessee in my bracket, and yet I did not end up betting on them because you, I was I was I was talking about it like they won the Pac-12, and for some reason everybody was all over Georgetown, yet not over Oregon State, despite the Pac-12 being a better conference than the Big East. Um, Their big man, what's that guy's name? Which one? The really big one? Yeah, the really big one. What's, Silva? So uh, is it Silva? Roman Silva. E? Yeah, yeah. He, I mean, he's pretty good. When they 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 throw it into the paint, I, th- I think. Let me see, look what it looks like because I know what he looks like. Yeah, it is. It is Roman Silva.
0: Mhm.
1: Yeah, when they get it into him, like he he's a he's a seven one. He can. He only averaged 6
0: points per game. Yeah, but, but he gets he gets a lot of boards. Yeah, but that's why it's so it feels fluky. I, he doesn't he averaged 3 rebounds per game. Like that's what's so right, weird right. about it. I mean
1: he's a big guy. He should yeah. be getting boards and they're taking a lot of threes yep. and threes re- lead to a lot of offensive rebounds. Um I think they I think they're good. I think what they've done is like a a fluke is a one-off. This isn't a one-off. This is as you it's mentioned five, five straight games, and now you get loyal Chicago, who's
0: really good, don't get me wrong, but six and a half is way too much. So you're on Oregon State. Yeah. Uh, I have faded Oregon State, basically, not, I actually, I didn't bet against them because I had no interest in laying eight points with Tennessee, and I'm not a fan of Oklahoma State, really, so I didn't want to bet that, so I haven't really been betting against them much. Just it's just that, against them? Yeah, it's just, I don't really, um... I don't see it. Like, I I watch them play, and I understand they're playing well, but, like, everything is, like, clicking for them. And they've got this guard. Um, He's got one of the quickest shots in all of college basketball. Uh, I'm spacing on his name. I can't believe I'm spacing on his name. Hang on. So, like, their point guard Ethan Thompson's a beast. He's been really good there for a long time. Jared Lucas is the guy that is really kind of wowed This guy shoots 40% from three, and he's got one of the quickest triggers. Um... In the country, but like they got this this kind this group of bigs that they kind of rotate in, and I, it's weird. Like I don't get it. I don't. Guess. I watch them play. I look at the team. I don't get it. I look at the coach. Like he's so, uh, he's I, failed with better teams. I think what I think you're letting a little bit of your prior bias on this team. And it's not prior bias. I have upgraded them like nine. Yes. Or 10 yes. Points. All right.
1: Just. When you watch them, you're still relying on a team that lost to Washington State, lost to Wyoming, lost to Portland earlier in the season. When you watch them now, it's a completely different
0: team. I'm aware. I watch I see their individual players. Like when, I'm watching,
1: like when I'm watching them, like the Tennessee game, they were clearly the better team. Or Oklahoma State, they were clearly the better team. They were getting better shots. They were hitting better shots. It wasn't like if you didn't know the names and you're just looking at them, they looked like the better team and it looked like they should be favored in that game. I, I think they're just clicking, and they are clicking. And the clicking. fact that they're clicking right now is great news for them, and it's bad news for Little Chicago. And six and a half for you got what seven, did you You've got seven, seven, by the way. Yeah, yeah I mean, what did, what, did, what did you say right before the podcast? What about what about picking mid majors over? Oh yeah, power. Right,
0: power five, power six teams. Right, mid don't always take the the power five. Syracuse underdog. over. Always take the power five underdog because the mid majors haven't played anybody. Yeah, yeah. They've got two months without playing yeah. anybody. You get an opportunity right here. You gonna listen to your advice? No, I haven't bet this. Um, I mean, I, I I have, but I don't really want to give it out as a play. Uh, I bet Loyola Chicago minus six and a half, but I only did it because of the the, the DraftKings. Yeah. Finished. This is one. Of, this is a game I have very little feel on. Um, because I don't see it with Oregon State, I just don't see. It. I understand they're playing well. I Maybe mean, my own bias. I, I you shouldn't trust me on this one. Like this is uh, so. That's why I'm not giving out the pick. Um, I hope you win, Colin. I guess. Um, Do you? Yeah, we I on mean, the other really. side. Not, 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 <laughs> why just, would I, you hope I win? Well, you know, for for your own picks, I, I I just have no play on this one. I can't. I don't see it. Numbers sharp. Like it's big, and I, I want to lay the points because I think Loyola Chicago does win going away. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'll change my mind. I probably won't change my mind. I mean, this is this is pretty much what you said exactly before the podcast. Yeah, but like everybody loves Oregon State right now. Do they? Yes. Everybody
1: loves Loyola Chicago. All you see on Instagram or Twitter is Loyola Chicago stuff. Final Four, Sister Jean, Crutwig That's all you see. Not every. Nobody's talking about Oregon State, despite being one of the best stories in the in basketball right now. Team of destiny, too. Number twelve on the back of their uh, their twelfth seed, they were picked twelfth in the Pac-12. Uh, their coach was Tinkle was was hyping them
0: up as number twelve, like they got a lot going for them right now. Moving on, um, Villanova seven and a half point dogs against Baylor. Uh, still known Colin Gillespie. Well. Um, you what? think he's coming back in the he's tournament? Not. He's not. He's still so make, like make, making the. <laughs> making the um, just getting it out there. But Villanova looked pretty good in their first two games. Uh, but I would like to raise a bit of an asterisk. They haven't played anybody really of note. Like they beat Winthrop fine, and then North, North Texas. They have yet to play. North Texas was pretty lucky to beat Purdue. They've yet. Uh, I don't know about that. I mean, I, they, won the, say, they, they, they won, won the game. They won the game. I mean,
1: I was on them too. But like they, they, were, they were definitely. They led the game pretty much from start to finish. Yes, but it, it was like they weren't making shots. Purdue wasn't making shots. It was pretty ugly. It was it was pretty similar to
0: the Abilene Christian Texas game. But that's how North Texas had to win. So yeah, Villanova, and then Villanova just made shots and blew them out. I uh, I I like Baylor minus seven and a half. Um, I think that Villanova is not very good defensively, um, and I think I don't think it was able to be exposed by North Texas and Winthrop the way Baylor is going to be able to expose it. Villanova is going to be slow to guard um, on the perimeter. I think they're going to have a, a hell of a time like trying to keep Baylor's guards in front of them. I just don't think they're going to be able to do it. I think it's going to lead to a ton of open threes for Baylor. And on the flip side, Baylor's terrific at forcing turnovers. Villanova, usually great at protecting the basketball, but now they got to do it against a really good defense without their starting point guard. It's just it's a really tough matchup for Nova. Um and I think Baylor can, can run them out of the gym. Like, my line is closer to 10, so I like it at 7.5. Uh, what do you think, Kyle? What do you have You have anything on, on the Baylor-Nova game? Uh, I know you're a Baylor hater.
1: I am a Baylor hater. It's, uh, it's a bit of the... I've seen these teams that rely on the three fail in the tournament
0: multiple times. But I don't think Baylor relies on the three. Even though they're the best three-point shooting team in the country, they don't rely on it. Like yeah, they, Their I guards mean, can get to the rim, they can score inside... I, I like. I agree, sort of
1: with that. I I, I do think they're still pretty reliant on the three. Um, what I do have to say is, just Villanova is not that good without Gillespie. Uh The Big East isn't that good. They haven't played anybody yet. And you're right, Baylor's a way better team than Villanova. Wait. So seven and a half is enough that I'll lay uh, it. I just placed the bet, so yeah. yeah, I'll give it out as well. You you convinced me in that talk. I didn't want to take it because I'm a Baylor hater, but you can make te- you can make money on teams that you don't think are good if you bet them in the right spots.
0: If you like, if you just look at the matchup, like it's, it's just, just it's just a ba- it's, it's a really a bad, bad matchup, matchup for, for Villanova, Villanova. Yeah. exactly. And I just I don't see any way in which like Baylor's just a better team. I mean, Villanova can have a hot shooting night, and Jay Wright is a, is a magician. So there's. Obviously, a scenario in which Villanova keeps it close. I just. Oh, why did I lay this this number on FanDuel? It's so much better on fucking Ben and What is it on Ben and GM? Six it, and a half. No, they're
1: both seven and a half, but one's minus one sixteen, one's minus one ten. Mm, really making me pay for the juice.
0: So we're both on Baylor minus seven and a half, even though Colin is a Baylor hater. Um, now we'll go to one of Although your. No, I was teams. on an, I'm a Bama hater too, and they screwed me in the first game. Uh. We'll go to one of your pet teams, Oral Bob, Um, Oral Roberts, 11.5 point dogs against Arkansas. They have been, uh, for whatever reason, like, they're not as big a story as I think they should be. They're a 15 seed in the Sweet 16. Just because there's so many upsets, it's so hard
1: to keep track of them all. It's weird. Like, Oregon State would be a massive story in any other year. Nobody's talking about them. Oral Roberts is a big story, and...
0: When there Florida are, Gulf Coast made the Sweet Sixteen, all anybody could talk about yeah. was Dunk City.
1: Well, Dunk City was also way more exciting than Next Oral Roberts. Ismus.
0: Yeah, and yeah, well, Oral oh. Roberts had, I think, two dream matchups. That's yeah, what, that's yeah, what yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, that that was we. I mentioned this before. I thought that was the
0: weakest part of the entire bracket. Yeah. um... Florida and Virginia Tech were, I mean, they played a, a good game, but like neither of those teams really had Sweet 16 ceilings. Um, and Ohio State didn't guard like we talked about. Ohio State being 237th in the country or something like that in raw defensive efficiency, which is just terrible. And Oral Roberts has made their shots. They played really good basketball. Now they play a team that they lost to by 11 earlier in the season, um, an Arkansas team that I think is a really difficult matchup for Oral Roberts because now now you're playing a team that does defend that. Will use that kind of junk defense to get the ball out of Max Aceman's hands, which is a killer because that dude is awesome. And Oral Roberts, I think, is weakest really on the glass, and Arkansas has just yeah. destroyed teams rebounding the basketball. Like, I think Oral Roberts' magic has kind of run out here. Like, I don't see how they keep this thing close. So you're going to lay the 11? Yes. I think it's more likely Arkansas wins this game by twenty, 20 than Oral Roberts keeps it close.
1: I agree. I mean, I pretty much was on Oral Roberts before because of just the fact that that uh, Ohio State doesn't play any defense, and Oral State or Oral Roberts can score, right. and that's I think that's a great matchup. Arkansas is good. I switched my pick from Texas Tech to the Final Four to Arkansas, the Final Four. So I'm. Um, Feeling pretty good right now. Just gonna have to beat Oral Roberts and then Baylor. Yep. Eleven. It opened at thirteen. It's come down, which yeah. is interesting. Well,
0: thirteen was too much. Uh,
1: yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna lay it too. 13, gonna, it may have
0: come down immediately because there was probably some early money that was all over, like early public money, not even yeah. sharp money that was all over Oral Roberts, being the Cinderella. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take that as well. I just think I look at it because I, 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 I agree. It's Arkansas is a way better team than anybody they face. faced so far. And Musselman's not an idiot. And Musselman's a good coach. Yeah. I think Arkansas's athleticism, I think their defense, and I think their rebounding will carry them. And they they've got a lot of guys that can put the ball in the basket too. Oh, they're they're they're. Not, when I was watching
1: that uh, the Texas Tech game, I was very happy that I ended up picking them over Texas yeah. Tech because that Arkansas seems like a team. At least feels to me like a team that I miss a lot of the times. When they make a run because they're in the SEC and I... You're an SEC hater. SEC hater. But I got them this time. They've been playing really... They have been playing very good basketball for a long stretch now. After Since yeah. that Oklahoma State loss, they've just been ripping off wins. Their one loss to LSU in the tournament,
0: and that's it. Yeah. Um, and the loss to Oklahoma State, right, that was like... I was on Arkansas plus two and a half that game... And, like, in hindsight, there's nothing wrong with losing by four points it's on so the close. road to yeah. Kate cutting Oklahoma State the yeah. way they finished their season. So, yeah, Archie's legit. Um, they defend at a high level. They crash the glass. they got a lot of different options on offense. And I think they believe in each other, too. Like, I think you watch them play, they're playing for each other, which is huge. Houston minus 6.5 against Syracuse. Um, Syracuse has kind of been the darling of the tournament, I think. Uh, they were a pop- popular upset pick. And they've cashed because they've made a zillion threes. Um, Buddy Beheim is the hottest shooter on the planet right now. He can... If he was blindfolded, I still think he'd be getting 20-25 a game. Um, However, I think Houston is a really tough matchup for Syracuse. Like, a really tough matchup. You think about how you beat the 2-3 zone, right? There are two ways to do it. One, you make a lot of threes, okay? Two, you just crash the glass with reckless abandon because... It's very difficult to box out out of his zone versus man-to-man. It's just harder to grab defensive rebounds because you're in a zone. You're not guarding your man. Houston is the second-best offensive rebounding team in the country after North Carolina. They're not a great three-point shooting team, but they're more than capable. Quentin Grimes, Marcus Sasser, they shoot 35% from three as a team. So, like, they can shoot it. Mm, Um, I mean, they're... They're a top 100 three-point shooting team. They're number 99. Okay. They should. I didn't say they were a great three. Right, I, I know. Like I said they were. They rebounded the ball. With, yeah, they I, they're a great rebounding team. Great. And they're not like just a bunch of guys throwing up bricks. Yeah. Like they've got they've got some quality shooters. I just Marcus Sasser and Quentin Grimes. they both are forty percent three point shooters. As a whole, do I think they're a very three point shooting team? No. But do they have some guys that can make shots? Yes. It's not like it's not like Texas Tech, where like Texas Tech is is yeah. a brick fest from the outside. Anyway. I think... That was a brutal end of that game. Yeah. I think Syracuse is, um... I just think their luck has kind of run out a little bit. And it's... I could be wrong. Like, six and a half is... A, it feels like a big number, but, like... They feel like the most public of the dogs. Everybody loves Syracuse. Nobody's talking about Houston. Yeah, I, the mo- Syracuse is the most public dog, hands down. I think it's Loyola. Loyola's not a dog. Yeah,
1: the, yeah, yeah, I guess that's, that's true. Um... Now, I'm not going to touch this game. Okay. I somewhat agree with what you said. Like, Houston can definitely bully Syracuse on the boards. But they faced faced North Carolina twice. They split those games.
0: Uh, Yeah, because North Carolina had, like, the worst shooting performance of all time in that one game.
1: I think... A little bit of your your Syracuse hate seeping in here, yes, I'm and, not denying that. and wanting Houston to make a run I'm after beating it. Rutgers, I think that might be playing a little bit into this play. So then fade and fade it? Uh, no, I'm not gonna fade it because okay. I don't want I don't. I think you're right. I'm not gonna. I want to because I want I want Houston to win for my bracket, also. Which
0: so you have Houston going to the Final Four, Elite Eight, but I'll take the points. I mean, you ain't gonna get any leverage on me if that happens. It doesn't matter. I just need the. I just need a leverage on people that have Gonzaga to win. Okay. Who else? Somebody else have Gonzaga that doesn't have Houston. Uh, uh, so Iberia, is West Virginia. Oh, all right. All right. There, all there, right. There, makes there's
1: sense. A couple, uh, but yeah, it, it's also you're going against. You, you, you stated your principle twice, like, and now you <laughs> go and you're faded it twice already. You you say. Never bet on the non-power team against the power team dog in the tournament. And here you are on Loyola Chicago and Houston against Syracuse and Oregon
0: State. You're making a very good point. I'm having a hard time thinking about it. I may have to cash out and flip sides <laughs> on both of these. Yeah, I mean, Syracuse is just shooting unconscious. I know, but that, that stops. Like, that goes away. You know what doesn't go away? Offensive rebounding and Yeah, defense. but who
1: who wins in the tournament, right?
0: These teams like Houston, Cincinnati. Wait a minute, Cincinnati is built like. Wait Houston. a minute, I that's there's a difference between who wins the first weekend yeah. and who wins in the. No, tournament. I, I I agree,
1: but Cincinnati wins in the first weekend typically because they're a two versus fifteen seed, and what always happens to them, they always lose because they can't hit shots. Houston can hit shots a little bit, but they rely on the offensive rebounding a lot, similar to what. Let me ask you a question. Cincinnati would do, and they and they game plan against it. Teams game plan. For Let them. me ask you a question.
0: Would you rather your team be a great offensive rebounding team and a great defensive team, or a streaky shooting team? Like, what is more consistent? I mean, the rebounding is always more
1: consistent, but you, the higher ceiling is based on on shooting. Okay, that's fair, but I I think well, you I have agree to agree with what you say. But if you look at like there,
0: there's, I mean, th- these are both two. These are two things that are pretty prone for. Um, Syracuse for top, top Syracuse's three-point shooter. There's, it's literally unsustainable what they're doing. Their last three of their last four games, they have made 14 threes. That is unsustainable. I mean, what do they average? I don't know what they average, but those are so, they average 35.4 percent. Right. So their last three in three of their last four games, they shot 50 percent from three. 45, 50 percent from three. So now let's say if they let's say they take 33s again and instead of making 15, they have just a slight off game. So they make 10. That's 15 points that they're losing that they're leaving on the table. Let's say they take 33s, right? And yeah. they've been making 14-15. Now let's say they make 10. That's I don't know, man. This is Yeah, it's, this just It's a tough matchup for them. This seems like a type
1: of game that Syracuse wins. You know, this is like... They run into this, like, Houston-Cincinnati-type team in the Elite Eight. That's the two seed, but nobody really buys into them because they're not a Power 5 team, not a Power 6 team, and they beat them. Because the 2-3 zone and hot shooting. And they are fucking hot from 30 right now. Like, Buddy Bayheim. Gerard, those guys can't miss. I know it's annoying. Yeah, and this is I, I know bet, you I've really bet, I've want Houston twice the last. I know three. you really want Houston to win
0: this game. It's but not this, about Houston vindicating the game. It's 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 honestly it's it's like negative Syracuse. I don't really know what it is. It's like I look at this. It's like you you have to regress. Like that's how it works. You bet on the regression in college basketball. Yeah, but like and you succeed. I've succeeded doing that all season long. This just this they, they've <sighs> had outlier performances like three of the last four times they stepped on the court that's insane
1: i mean at what point does it stop being an outlier and what it's point not, is it time to upgrade
0: i'm mean, i'm not a stats major but when when you're like at, in your when, so so when you went 35 from three when so, you so, shoot, so
1: okay i i know but i want it i don't want to hear about that you, you mentioned that before well that's the, okay that's okay, the okay, okay okay when and you, you know what else is an outlier at san diego all 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 11 40 <laughs> from against right, all, all right all right all right, right. I mean, San Diego State was a great
0: three-point shooting thing. shot 11-40 from three. Two-three zone. It's luck. Okay. It's not two-three. If I was, I was a shooter, I saw it, I'm telling you, if I was a shooter and I saw a two-three zone, I was doing yeah, my job. With, but you so. have to
1: get inside to be the two-three zone, and San Diego State couldn't get it inside. That's
0: true. I think Houston will be able to get it inside. Is Houston going to get inside and kick it out to shooters, though? Yeah. They've got, they've got the perfect zone breakers in Justin Gorham okay. and Fabian. Oh, uh, the, but this is what I'm asking. Now, that's, we're, we're, we're getting ask? off track. Yeah, we should move on to another game anyway.
1: When you are looking at a team, right? Yes. At what point do you decide to upgrade? Is it five games in a row? Is it ten games in a row? Like when do I have you...
0: upgraded Syracuse one point every single game. Okay, half a point every single game. But so if you're starting making... with North Carolina, starting with the Clemson win, which is five wins ago, four wins ago, something like that. Yes, go ahead. What's your point? So, like, when, like, at what point do you go, okay, there's regression, and what point do you go, this team is better than I originally thought? So, I think I have upgraded them. They are better than I originally thought. But also, there is going to be regression because no team shoots 50% from three. It doesn't happen. I agree there can be regression, but Houston doesn't see... Houston is not a, like... So, then you bet on Syracuse. Yeah, yeah, I'm
1: gonna. I'm gonna. This, it, it... It feels like I, I, I'm going to be rooting for Houston because I want them. But I'm going to, yeah, six and a half. Is it six and a half? Can yeah, I have a seven? six and a half. Yeah, it, this is this is just one of those, those times. It just feels like those Cincinnati teams, you know. They run into the Power 5 team, shooting lights out. Syracuse 2-3 zone. Syracuse makes it to the Elite 8. And then, honestly, they can make it to the Final Four. They
0: definitely could, which would be Creighton, wild. Yeah, it would piss me off. Creighton plus thirteen against Gonzaga. What do you think? Nothing. No way. No way. What? I'm no not, way, just, no just way not betting on this game. So any, I, anyway, I'm betting on Creighton. Okay, um, plus the points. I uh, don't blame you. I will not touch this game in any way, shape. Before. You've made me really consider Oregon State and. And Syracuse. Like, I do think I have personal vendettas against both Syracuse and Oregon State that I need to get past before I actually put, put money on the, those games. Anyway, Creighton. I, I I've seen Gonzaga play terrible defense enough to be like, all right, they 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 can. Creighton's good, man. Creighton's a good team. They were really they were they were they were on the ropes against Santa Barbara. Well, that's fine, but nobody talked about them coming in. No right? People talked about UC Santa Barbara and Ohio as potential like sweet sixteen yeah. teams out of that region. Right? Nobody talked about Creighton. All Creighton did was return a lot of guys from a good team last year. The the problem was they got blown out against Georgetown and everybody remembered that last game. But they're healthy. They
1: make threes. They got a Bin what's that guy's name? Which uh, one? The the athletic one or the, the big the tall seven ones? the seven foot white guy? Um I'm spacing on his Ryan mind. Cockbrenner yeah, is that his name? I, I don't think that's his name. He's a seven footer. He's a freshman though. I don't know if that's him. I think that's him. Yeah, it's got to be. him. Ryan Ryan He's he's pretty good. I mean, they play defense too, which is which is big for and a uh, a team like Creighton that relies. I mean, on the three, they take it. Like they're they're good. They're good. I I don't I don't see them beating Gonzaga, but. Thirteen is a massive number. Might be a little bit inflated.
0: It's just I've seen BYU keep it close with Gonzaga twice. Yeah. And basically, I look at Creighton, and they're like better BYU. Yeah. Right. I they mean, make shots. They defend at a, at a slightly higher level. They play with a little quicker. Um, I don't think they're going to be intimidated against Gonzaga, right? You go through a schedule where you've played at Kansas. You know, you've yeah. you've, you've played. Um, you've played Villanova. You've played UConn. You've beaten UConn three times, right? You, I don't think. I don't think Creighton's intimidated by Gonzaga like the same way that I you know, agree. A lot of these other teams would be. Plus, I like Creighton. I like Creighton's roster. Like they can score, and I think that's the most important thing when when talking about covering a big spread good with spread, Gonzaga. Yeah, so you
1: score. Because
0: Gonzaga's going to score. Can you score with them? Yeah. Like it doesn't matter how good your defense is, really. Like Gonzaga's going to score.
1: I mean, I, yeah, I agree. I, I'm not. I'm not going to bet against Gonzaga though. This team is insanely good. I'm on Creighton they could plus thirteen. I just cover this pretty easily. They I think, could. I think. I think what's going to happen is it's going to come down to like an 8 to 16 point game and it's going to be a sweat for the spread.
0: I agree with that. It's going to come down to like, are you going to foul down yeah, the stretch yeah, or that's not?
1: Gonna, that's going to be a massive sweat. And if it's going to be a sweat, there's no need for me to put money on it if I'm not feeling like one way. You feel pretty confident, great, so it makes sense.
0: Yeah. Florida State plus two and a half against Michigan. No Isaiah Livers. Consensus Likely. Uh Is this our first one? <laughs> Um, We had Arky. We had Arkansas, and Baylor. And
1: Baylor. And Baylor, Baylor, yeah. yeah. So why do you like Florida State? I mean, Michigan without livers is good. They're a good team. They're not great. Florida State, every year, it's like the same formula. Coming in the tournament, they're one of the deepest teams. They get a lot of rest. They're... Incredibly well coached by Leonard Hamilton. They've been here before. They've done it before. And now they got a, a Michigan team that's that's weak without Livers. This is a very winnable game. Plus two and a half. I'll take any points on this game. I think Florida State's going to win. Um, I mean, that's pretty much it. I just like also. I mean, the Big Ten hasn't been great. This is another spot to fade the Big Ten here. You can take Florida State plus the points against the last remaining team in the Big Ten and one of the teams we talked about before as a weaker team like if Illinois was the last remaining team I'd be wary because Illinois's been so good Michigan without livers was another team we discussed as maybe being a little bit not paper
0: y but just not vulnerable not tournament winning capable right um, Michigan was on the ropes. With LSU before yeah, they were. before Sean and LSU, like, I love LSU's offense, but they don't guard. They do not play defense, and if Sean Brown didn't have, like, a miracle second half, I think LSU wins that game. Um, Florida State is a different animal than LSU. They play offense at the same, like, level as LSU, but they also defend at a very high level. They're long, they rebound, they're athletic. At the beginning of the season, we talked about Florida State as a team that could potentially like make a run and be an be a, a sleeper national title because they have all the components, right? They've got a really good head coach. They're deep. They defend. They rebound. They make threes. They're athletic. Uh, they can score inside. They can score outside. Like they're really. They a good seem national. like a Final Four team. They right really now. do. Um, I wonder if you get value from that? I'm sure you can. I'm sure it, it's there's a there are futures like to advance in, in a certain region. I'm sure they're probably like plus two fifty. It would be my guess. Maybe plus three hundred. Uh, I make it like Florida State minus one. I think without Livers on the floor, Florida State may actually be the better basketball team. So consensus play, Florida State plus two and a half. UCLA plus six and a half against Alabama. Um, I bet UCLA plus six and a half. I think that the way to beat Alabama is to slow the pace down, not turn the ball over, rebound at a high level, and that's what UCLA does. Um... They've got a great point guard, Tiger Campbell, controls the controls the pace of the game. And I, I think the style contrast just leads this to be like a situation where it's just too many points. Like UCLA can keep it within two possessions. What do you think?
1: Yeah, so um, after we mentioned the teams that uh, you have a grudge against, <laughs> yep. I definitely have a grudge against Alabama, so it worries me to uh, take UCLA here. Um, but you're on them and you're a big Alabama fan, so I like that.
0: The other thing, the other thing to think about with UCLA is I just there are certain teams that are remaining, Colin, that are like I didn't expect them to be here. Like some of the higher seeds, right? Syracuse, um, Oregon State, like they were lucky to get into the NCAA tournament. I I don't think they had this kind of ceiling. But UCLA is a team that at the beginning of the year, like I mean, I I thought they were totally live to be. To make it this far, and they've gone, you know, they've had their ups and downs, um, but they've. They're clicking now at the right time, right? Johnny Juzang's making shots, it's opening up the floor for Cody Riley in the post, Jaime Jaquez to drive, and, you know, I don't really know what the recipe for success is, like, specifically to beat Alabama, but, like, how do you contrast Alabama's style of play? You. Don't turn the ball over because Alabama forces turnovers, and you rebound and you control the pace of the game. And it's just it's a total style contrast, and it's just it's a couple too many points. And I'm I've got Alabama really highly rated, and I, my spread is like four four and a half. Yeah, I mean that's that's
1: why I feel good about this game yeah. is the fact that you are on UCLA because I'm a noted Alabama hater. I, to, I I worry about teams that shoot the three, that rely too heavily on the three. Alabama lo- relies almost solely on the three. It's a style that I think works a lot in NBA because there's seven-game series. In college basketball, it's a one-off. If you miss shots like the Rockets did, a much better shooting team than Alabama, goes 0 for 27, Alabama can miss shots. And if they're missing shots and UCLA is grabbing every rebound, that's a game you're going to lose. Johnny Juzang has been playing really well. Cody Riley is a beast. And uh, Big Mac has been playing really well as well as a nice. Yeah, but I I love Big Mac. (laughs) He, uh, we 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 noticed him in the uh, he showed out when UCLA was out without Cody Riley and, and Hill. Yeah, yeah in yeah. the USC game when they got absolutely dogged
0: and we like Mick Cronin yes we've talked about this for a long time we believe in Mick Cronin and I think something that was holding him back at Cincinnati wasn't necessarily a style of play but just the lack of offensive talent that he had
1: I think I think style of play definitely has I mean I think it's a I think it's a big this issue. is a more talented yes league. yes it's a so this is what I think it's kind of. Yeah. going back to the Syracuse-Houston. Uh, because what Mick Cronin would run at Cincinnati is very similar to what Kelvin Sampson is running at Houston right now. And those teams that just bully you on the boards and go inside are n- never typically good shooting teams. And if a team that's a good shooting team like Alabama can go cold, a yeah. team like UCLA or Cincinnati back in the day or Houston, can definitely go cold. And teams know your whole offensive strategy is to miss shots and get rebounds. When you're going against some of the best coaches in college basketball, they can game plan for that and pack the paint. But the difference here is UCLA has Johnny Juzang playing out of his mind right now. Tyler Campbell's pretty good. Like, they've got shooters on the team which... Is the difference from Cincinnati when they're pretty much just relied on the bigs? Like they have people that can get you a bucket. Johnny Juzang playing this well is just a massive boost for UCLA because now when you're bullying inside and Alabama goes, you're not going to get any more offensive rebounds on us. You need somebody to take shots, and that's what Cincinnati and Mick Cronin's old teams would fail is they didn't have anybody. They got somebody now, and that can keep this game close. Yep.
0: I uh, think Pace, rebounding, they're, they've they had this kind of ceiling from a talent perspective all yes. season, coaching, I like UCLA plus six and a half, that's a consensus play. Oregon plus two against USC, um, I think these two teams are both incredibly talented, they're proving it right now in the NCAA tournament. Um, they played a few weeks ago, UCLA, U- USC, excuse me, destroyed them but it felt like a perfect storm-type game. Um, Oregon, the market was a little too high on Oregon because they've been playing so well since getting everybody fully healthy, uh, and it was a perfect bounce-back spot for USC. This feels like <sighs> the opposite. Not even the opposite. I,
1: I, almost, though. Like, I, think, it the does, really hey, I on... think the market isn't... This is the highest I've seen the market on USC all year, yeah. and I mentioned this before the podcast. That Kansas win is a little bit inflated, yeah. right? UVA... The other team are COVID Paws, loses their first ga- round game to Ohio, who loses in the next round. Kansas struggles with Eastern Washington, who I know you like, and they have some shooters, but the big, the big sky teams have never done anything in the tournament yeah. for good reason. They're just not talented. And the fact that they struggled that game was a big red flag, and then they just got shithoused by USC. Like they took him to the, they took him out to the yard. They <laughs> shot him, and they and they dug that grave, and then they throw him in there. They buried, they bury the body. Yeah. Kansas has long been forgotten about after that, and because of that, everybody in their mother knows Kansas. When you think of big
0: college basketball, Bobo met Kansas in his final four.
1: <laughs> there you go. When you think Kansas, dude, Kentucky, North Carolina. Well, North Carolina was gone. Um, Duke didn't make the tournament. Kentucky didn't make the tournament. So who's left? Kansas. Everybody loves Kansas. And they just put them out behind the shed and shot them. Yeah. So now everybody's high on Oregon beat, you, beat Iowa. But, I mean, we mentioned this for a while. I think it was mentioned enough that enough people caught on to the Iowa being a paper tiger that they weren't that surprised yep. by it. And so, like... They're high on them, but not nearly as high as USC. And the fact that there's other, there's been so many other upsets, nobody even had time to focus on Oregon just destroying Iowa. I mean, what a, what a game plan, too, by Dana Altman. Just said, yeah, Luca, you can
0: score as much as you want. We're just going to hit threes. Oregon's really good. They're so talented. And, like, Dana Altman always wins in March. And, like, if you want to have a, 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 t- a talented roster with a great head coach, like, that's obviously the recipe to win. Like, no kidding. Oregon's got that. They've got so much talent. Um, Chris Duarte is an All-American. Will Richardson is just a total shot-maker at point. Eugenio Omori is playing out of his mind. LJ Figueroa is just the, the perfect kind of Swiss Army knife to, to slide in on the wing. Like, they are so talented. They're so talented. And Dane Altman has them playing great basketball at the right time. Got the, the revenge factor, the better coach. Like, it just feels like a great spot to take Oregon. Even talent's. Maybe, maybe in, in my opinion, Oregon may even be more talented. So it just feels like a great spot to take Oregon plus the points. You're with me? Yep. Consensus play on Oregon plus two. One of five consensus plays. Uh, Colin, you've got Oregon State plus seven. Baylor minus seven and a half. Arkansas minus 11 and a half. Syracuse plus six and a half. Florida State plus two and a half. UCLA plus six and a half. And Oregon plus two. And I've got Baylor minus seven and a half. Arkansas minus 11 and a half. Houston minus six and a half. Although I'm not so sure I'm actually going to. Beyond that one. Still got to think about it. Creighton plus 13. Florida State plus 2.5. UCLA plus 6.5. Oregon plus 2. Big weekend coming up in college basketball. One of the better weekends of the year. Sweet 16 and then the Elite 8. And then all of a sudden we will be down to 4. Colin, anything else you want to add? You ready to roll? Ready to roll. Should be a great weekend of college basketball. This was the Hook and Ladder Podcast. Rate, review, and subscribe. And we'll be back shortly. I guess in a couple days with uh, our Elite 8 picks. Peace. See ya.